Ah, it's that time of the year. The fireplace is going. Got the presents all around. Yes, it's that great time of year. Christmas time is here. And I'm glad of it because around this time, Hambo usually likes to call on guests. But I'm not going to be on his bloody show. Not this year. And you know what? That's great. No, it's really beautiful because in this one... I, What's he going to be doing, talking about? I doubt he's going to be talking about any kind of uh, acting work. Uh, he's probably going to be talking about something with his, I don't know, his bloody uh, paranormal hour or whatever. Bloody hour he calls it. I don't know about that. but <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's that time of year. It's it cold. And, uh, well, a little bit of shrinkage is part of the course. But, uh, what can I say about the man? He's, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know why I even say his name. Honestly, I, I don't even know why I was on his show. But, here we are. And... I guess he's going to have some interesting things to discuss for his uh, show, his Christmas episode. And so this will serve as a uh, prelude, prologue, or something like that. But I don't know. I, I just don't know when he's going to take off. I mean, he keeps talking about these YouTubes. You know, the YouTube movies. The YouTube films that he did. I watched the last one. Or is it he was looking for some rock? Or something of that nature. I don't know when he's going to get back on stage. I mean, he did do It's a Wonderful Life. So when's he going to make his life wonderful? That's what we're all waiting for here. As I look at the tree, the beautiful ornaments, look at the presents, and I think of all of the great legendary films I've done. Get Carter, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, The Man Who Would Be King. And of course, the swarm. And what has Ambo done, really? He's in a, a biology 101 that no one not, no one talks about anymore. I mean, only 900 bloody views. That's all that movie has garnered. And uh, what's he gonna do next? Well, he's telling me about. I said I got a spy. I got a spy on the show. He won't be named, but his his name is uh, something to do with salt. Perhaps salty, but 
telling me about he oh, he's doing another YouTube short about his office studio or whatever the bloody hell that is. The man's doing things inside his car. That's where he's working, inside his bloody car. Is he working on learning Shakespeare? I don't bloody think so. But I will say, I will say it, it's, it's an honor to take, take a piss out of him. And uh, well, that, that's one of the reasons why he won't have Schwarzenegger on anymore. He won't have Stallone or Jean-Claude. Uh, you know, I, I, they, they feel sorry for him. They pity, they pity the man. They pity the fool. I suppose we should get cracking here and uh, let me get back to my my cigar and my brandy and uh, we'll listen to this show I I, 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 I you know my spies told me he's got a few things lined up he's got what's that oh late night oh when he just sits in bed and rambles Oh, and he's got an on, on the road as well. That's brilliant. On the road drive and do a podcast or whatever you call that bloody shit. Real great. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't. I can't wait for the next film, which uh, it won't have anything to do with him. So enjoy the show. Have a merry Christmas, and we'll see you at the end. And um, maybe we'll see who shows up at the end. Maybe, maybe we get Ray Winstone back, man. Maybe we'll talk, but I don't think so. All right. Begin show. I said begin show. Christmas is a special time of year. Christmas just fills you full of cheer. Christmas, please bleep the hell out of here. <laughs> no, not really. Just uh, reflecting on uh, this month. Um, this this pod is all about reflecting for the month of December. Um. Uh, and uh, I hope I can give you something fun here. Uh, you know, this is a bit of a patch quilt episode. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of earnestness. Earnestness and uh, hopefully a little bit, of, little bit of humor. I can inject that in, into, the, into the cast again. Uh, Drinking some wine. And uh, I hope everyone's having a dynamite December. I sure am. Uh, you know, during this time of year, it, it's always, it always seems like it's guaranteed that the employer uh, works you right up to it. Right up to, right up to the, to the, uh, 
I'm banging my, my fist together, uh, right to the end. And uh, I'm lucky. I'm lucky I was able to get Christmas Eve off, but working some some decent sized shifts, decent sized shifts up until then. Um, but I'm grateful, as always, grateful to make some money. Um, but enough about working, you know. It's about reflecting. It's about uh, you know talking about what's current. And what's current is Avatar 2. Uh, I guess I should get to... I, I, I'll do a little review for you. A little review ditty. Uh, I was able to go and see it uh, the opening uh, day in the morning. Had to get up, get up, uh, get to the theater by 9.30 because it was uh, free tickets for the premiere. Um, I was able to get in, get in there and... Uh, a special invite, and you know, my expectations were low. <laughs> the expectations were, were low because of the first one. I didn't really like the first one too much. I didn't hate it, but I didn't really like it too much. Uh, I thought it was very gimmicky with the the 3D effects, although well done. I didn't think the story was, was much. I, I didn't think the story was at all Cameron's best. Uh, all the characters seem kind of two-dimensional uh, and kind of wooden. Uh, and I rooted for the villain. I rooted for the villain. And uh, in this one, uh, boy, oh boy, I, you know, I almost rooted again for the villain, but I'll I'll give him this. I, I Sam Worthington. I think he had more time to work on the character. That was, it's a, it was a longer film, so he had more things. He had more ways to develop the the main character there. But I, the thing is, it's like the world looks great. Okay. The 3D world looks good, and, and the details, it's really fleshed out. Uh, the thing is, it's like there, this time I felt there's too many characters. It's too many, and they could have condensed uh, the kids into probably just two kids. Because um, even that, even with the two kids, it's a lot. And you got, uh, oh, by the way, there's going to be spoilers. Um, if you haven't figured that out already. Uh, and Sigourney Weaver's kid is thrown in there for good measure. And uh, and then you have this other kids from the other tribe that kind of look pretty close to each other. Kind of. And it just gets... It, it's a lot of blue. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's a lot of chattering blue. <laughs> Um, well acted, well acted, uh, but I just thought it was, it's, it's a lot of, they get a lot of screen time, and it's, it's, it's a three hour and ten minute movie, I almost felt like this was a four hour movie, to be honest, um, 
I, I just feel like it had kind of, it, it felt like a TV structure. Where it didn't, I didn't feel like a three-act structure anymore at a certain point. It felt like there were like two parts. And the pacing just kind of ends. And there's like a part two to this movie. And it's like, man, I... You know, I think this, that this is the case with writers, and uh, I can be guilty to an extent. But um, and, and the thing is, is writers, it's like this reminds me of like Stephen King. And I love, I love Stephen King, but he he needs an editor. <laughs> he needs to know when to cut some of the stuff out because and go on a bit too long. And that's what I felt like with this. It went on a little bit too long, didn't it? Um, <laughs> it kind of overstayed its welcome. And you know, I give it, I give them credit. It's, it's pretty spectacular that there's probably no practical effects in the movie, but the CG is excellent, top notch. Uh, now, I, I heard from other reviews that there's different frame rates and there's different aspect ratios that he was doing and different uh, color palettes I didn't I noticed it maybe a little bit subconsciously but I you know I wasn't really it wasn't too jarring to where I felt like huh that looks different from the last uh, part of this movie um, but I didn't kind of notice some visual things that were going on uh, with with the film and but it didn't take me out of the movie too much. Uh, it was no big deal. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, yeah, I liked uh, Stephen Lang. I believe is the actor's name. Uh, that, you know, he returns in this. I was surprised that he his character returned in it. But they they explain it. You know, they they really. I, I'll give them credit. They start the scene as late as, late as they can in the movie, in the beginning, what, where they get to it. Like, they don't bother explaining too much. They show you a lot of what's happening um, since the first Avatar. And, you know, um, they kind of, they don't take their time to explain it. They just kind of show you what's what's happening. And, and I, I admire that. That's good. Um, so Stephen Lang's character is uh, brought back into an avatar body. He just is. They don't go, you know, start explaining it. They, there's a good scene where he's, he's, uh, he, it, you know, he, he's talking to his old self, human self. And he's like, well, okay, you know, if you're watching this, it means I've punched my ticket, got my ticket punched, but, uh, go after, uh, uh, Jake Sully and, and take him at, you know, take him out or whatever. Um, so it has an interesting premise that the villain is now an avatar. And so now he's not human anymore, but he's got that same personality. So there's a lot, I think, is that I think there's a lot that's going to be done in the next avatar movie with that character. Uh, turning from the heel to the uh, baby face, as they see in the wrestling uh, 
industry. Um, just because it's like, I mean, come on. Uh, there's some key things in this movie where he just, he doesn't go full evil. So it shows you that he, there's some kind of um, arc to him in this, and uh, which is good, which is neat. Um, it's, it's a movie worth watching. And, uh, you know, going to see it on the big screen, especially IMAX, uh, 3D if you can, I guess. Um, it's, it's, it's worth checking out, but, but I will say this, uh, it, it could still be better. It could still be better. Yeah, you get some more time with the characters and, uh, you know, they, they, they feel more, you feel more empathy towards them a bit, so it's good. But I'm, I'm still going to tell you, they're still not that really interesting of characters. They're still not really that fun. I mean, they're just, you know, Sam Worthington still has a kind of limited range. <laughs> and he's only so compelling of an actor to watch. Uh, again, I've had the same complaint about Keanu Reeves. Uh, maybe it's just a matter of Sam Worthington getting the right character. Uh, but, um, uh, what else? I mean, a lot of the, the creatures in it, I, I felt that we've seen a lot of, of them in the first one. Um, uh, the music is good. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of time underwater. Uh, or look, books are good. I mean, it's good escapism. It's it's you're gonna feel like you're actually underwater because by the time you get out of the theater, you're gonna feel like you're you're you just come out of the sea. Um, what else? There's you know there's a big climax scene where you know Jake and uh, and And this is another thing. The kids in this movie, you don't really remember the names. Although, I mean, acted well. They're acted well enough. You don't remember the names because there's just too many. <laughs> you know. But, the, you know, the lead military guy and villain and, and Jake Sully, they have, a, you know, there's a good, there's a good emotional thing where uh, Jake uh, loses his kid. His kid dies. One of his kids dies. And he's got to, you know, he go confront uh, the bad guy there, Stephen Lang. And they have a good confrontation. It's a good fight scene. Um, and, oh yeah, Stephen Lang has a, has a kid, by the way. A human kid that has been brought up by the Avatars. He's like a wild kid. And the wild kid, uh, you know, he finds this out and he feels like, oh, he wants to, you know, uh, that's part of his arc. I think he wants the kid to join him and raise him or whatever. Um, uh, but the kid refuses, and but the kid ends up helping him and saving, saving his life after he gets choked out underwater. And uh, so that that's interesting. There's some good stuff that they're laying down for later that might not pay off till the next movie or the one after that. 
but I can kind of see it. I can definitely see it coming. There's a pivotal scene where, uh, I'll, I'll say Stephen Lang because I can't remember his character's name right now. Crushes this, his human skull that he finds when he when he died. He picks it up and it's got a scar mark on his on on the uh, actual skull, and he breaks the skull with his hand. And uh, well, I go, man, that's really symbolic of him uh, saying, "Okay, I, I'm changed. I'm not this guy I used to be." So that was, yeah. So I won't be surprised if the Avatar becomes uh, uh, this version of, of uh, Stephen Lang's character becomes good eventually, for sure. Overall rating, overall, I'll give it. I gave the first one maybe a six or seven. I think I gave, probably gave it like a, the first one six and a half. Um, first one really was mostly spectacle. Very little story, I thought. The characters weren't that good. This one had more of a, of a redeeming uh, story arc, a little bit of emotion behind it, um, a little bit more oomph, more momentum. So I'll give this a seven and a half, which is pretty good. It's almost an eight. So, like I said, worth going to see. There's some good parts in it, but it's a little too long. <laughs> it's too long, <laughs> you know. But am I going to go return to, to see it again, even in 3D? I'm like, yeah. I just, it's just a bit, a little bit too much. It's a lot of things. There, there's a good plot with the whale. There's like these alien whales underwater. That's really kind of kind of a nice message um, about friendship and how animals are like uh, you know they're they're beings that need to be protected and uh, that are special and everything. And there's some good connecting uh, emotional points there. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, Better than the first one, but not much, not not perfect, and, and still needs some work. You know, I'm, I'm still not totally sold on on the Avatar thing. Like, especially you know, you compare these to the his older movies. You know, The Abyss, which I love The Abyss. I thought The Abyss was outstanding. Um, I mean, you had you had Ed Harris in that. I mean, he was great, and you had Michael Bean in that. I mean, you had some good actors. Um, uh, and, you know, and and Sam Worthington in, in the Avatar series is just, nah, nah. You know, he's just kind of, he's okay. You know, um, he's just not that charismatic. Uh, he doesn't bring a lot of uh, experience and distinct personality to the table. Uh, again, maybe he hasn't gotten the right role yet, but um, anyway, that's my thought. That's my review. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'll move on to the next bit of business. And the next bit of business is um, Christmas 
uh, I'd say other Christmas movies. Uh, I'd say Christmas movies right now. Uh, you know, I always try to make it a point to watch Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. But, you know, these last couple of years, I just, again, the work. The work gets in your way, and you, you get home, and you're tired, and you just, you know. I, my setup isn't, it's harder for me to get to my stuff. To get the movie and to get to the DVD player, I got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, the feng shui isn't flowing like it should for me to get to point A to point B to put the DVD into the player and to go sit down. And it's just kind of involved. So, really, <laughs> I usually just chill out. Start watching it's something on streaming. Until I get a better setup, it's like, it's hard for me to to sit down and get into movies like I used to because my setup sucks, you know. So that's annoying. But Christmas movies, uh, I saw that they had the sequel too, and I watched some of it, uh, Christmas Story. And it, it's fine. It's fine. It's entertaining. Uh, I didn't get through the whole movie um, because I, this was like on Thanksgiving. I didn't get through the whole thing, but what I saw was all right. Um I mean, it's hard to follow, do a sequel to the Christmas story, a, a Christmas story, because it's such a well-done movie, and it was written by uh, John Hughes, or at least he had a big hand in it. And uh, you know, Darren McGavin, big part of that movie too. So that's a hard, that's a hard uh, act to follow. Uh, but it's cool. I'm glad they got Ralph, the actor, plays Ralph in this in this one. Uh, so that's good. Um, but yeah, uh, Christmas movies, it's, it's been pretty light. I think a lot of the Wonderful Life uh, showings that were uh, last month already. But uh, you know, one, one I like is called Fred Claus. I really enjoyed Fred Claus um, with Vince Vaughn because I think it's kind of an understated Christmas movie uh, in all those Christmas comedies like Elf and uh, uh, what's some of the other ones. Um, I know they did one with, uh, with, with Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini and they did some zany Christmas movies. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that one. Um, anything else? Anything as far as Christmassy goes? Uh, they're all talking about this Violent Night movie, which I haven't seen. The one I want to watch is, I still want to watch the Mel Gibson one. Uh, the Mel Gibson Santa movie. So I could go and look for that. And maybe at, at Redbox. And uh, see what they got there. Um, what else? What else? What else? Shopping. Uh, Christmas shopping. You know, exciting stuff. Trying to get everything done for the deadline. <laughs> and squeeze it in. Uh, the day's off. Lots of fun. I think I did pretty good time. Uh, I got it. I got it down pretty good this year. I was able to get most things before the deadline. Just, just a couple more things. Just always a couple more things to get. 
doesn't it? It seems like there's always just a little bit more you need to get. Maybe that extra candy cane box. Maybe that extra uh, thing for the car. You know, it almost seems like it's never enough. Um, went to the mall, which is good. It's good to support the mall. I went there, and I looked, and I looked. I looked for CDs, and I looked for Billy Idol's uh, Christmas uh, songs, uh, a Christmas album. And I, I went to two different places, at least. And the mall, FYE, and the mall didn't have it. And 2nd Avenue, I think is the name of it, didn't have it. And the, both of their selections were poor. FYE didn't even have Billy Idol at all, any of his albums. So it's just, you know, they say you can buy CDs. Technically, you can, but the selection sucks. So it, it, we're pretty much back to, back to the wall. You have to order CDs online. Of course, I don't use shitty uh, shitty. Uh, Shitty Amazon anymore. Who almost said that? eBay. I don't use shitty Amazon. I use eBay. And eBay has been pretty good to me. So I highly recommend eBay as an alternative to uh, heartless, cold Amazon. And, uh, yeah. So there we go. And I, most of the stuff I get from eBay, for the most part, gets, gets there within a couple weeks. Which is fine. I don't. I don't need things next day or next two days. Yeah, that was nice, but it ain't the end of the world if I don't get it that immediately. Uh, I'd rather get my items with a clear conscience, knowing that you know I'm not helping out a heartless cold company that really mistreats its employees and doesn't care whether they die uh, in the warehouse. From crappy, uh, from crappy walls in the bathroom, and uh, rest in peace, those those poor people. But uh, anyway, let's bring it up. Let's get cheery. Um, uh, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the Avatar Avatar Two review, and uh, yeah, so I'll wrap up that segment. Late night, late night Christmas bonus. Not, it's not the night before Christmas. It's not, but it almost feels like it is. It's getting down there. It's getting uh, just a week of, and uh, you know, um, keeping it real here. Uh, it's not an easy time for everybody. Uh, I think for the single man, this is a time, or single woman out there, uh, this is a challenging time because it's easy to uh, make it seem like it's about you. And I think if you try to make the holiday about you and what you're missing in life or what, what have you, 
um, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because um, it's just always going to be kind of there. If you look around, you're going to see other people and relationships. Uh, it's like, oh, why am I not in one? Is something wrong with me? Yada, yada, yada. But, um, and, and for some of us, it's been a really long time since we've had anybody in our lives and, uh, to celebrate the holidays with and, uh, yeah, it's, it seems to be a, a challenge, but that, like I say, if you keep it about the family, if you keep it pure like that, I guess, um, you'll get through it and you might actually enjoy yourself. Um, I've learned to become very Zen about the whole thing over the years. I struggled with it a lot and, uh, you know, had a hard time, uh, uh, getting a, a date and, and especially around this time, uh, it seems like, uh, the women like to go into hiding around the holidays and hibernate. And if you didn't get into a relationship by, I don't know, mid-October, you're screwed. Um, <laughs> it just seems to be that. Uh, yeah, that's, and, and it's terrible. It's terrible. But you have to um, enjoy the time that you have uh, with your fan, friends and family. And uh, once you start doing that and, you know, start doing uh, good things and, and virtuous things, um, keep it on that um, as much as you can, then you'll, you'll, you'll get through and, and you'll, you'll find some sweet small moments of enjoyment. Uh, you'll see, you'll enjoy the small stuff and appreciate them more. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a check because it's, it's a great test to, you know, they, they, they have you getting all these presents and going all over the place, kind of trying to, trying to stress you out and make you lose your mind a little bit. And at the same time, they tell you, oh, well, be good, be good to everybody when everyone's like stressed, trying to get around traffic and get around everybody, get that certain gift. Did I go to the right store? And then you're losing time. Uh, you know, if you're any, you know, if you're holding down a job, chances are you're working. They got you working uh, pretty good up until Christmas. Um, so yeah, it's you know, stress can be real, but if you try to make it fun, make it a process. It's possible. I mean. You just really, you really have to pay attention to your 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 windows of uh, time to to get gifts and uh, and go for it. And uh, I, I do feel bad for um, some people where the family is just, you know, it's just not that big of a deal, and it, there's not a lot of gift giving for whatever reason. And I get the sense that there's there's not. Maybe in some families don't have a lot of warmth or as much warmth as they should because whatever problems in the past 
are still still in the forefront and that's that's sad that's sad and I, I wish healing to those families and resolution and uh but as far as anything else it's you know again they they want to work you to the bone around the christmas season and so i, I take advantage of it a little bit you know without driving myself too crazy so with that but other than that again come to peace with not having somebody during the holidays um and i say holidays because christmas and new year's are romantic holidays as far as i'm concerned and there's expectations that come with those that have been pushed down their throats from society and movies and and all that stuff and uh it's it's an effort to reverse that brainwashing and that's that's what it is and uh again i could i take it back to the meditation um to the tools that Eckhart Tolle has taught me about being present and observing the uh monkey mind and uh you can get through you can persevere persevere and you, and you can enjoy the the moments between the thoughts the moments the moments between the thoughts i just saw a great quote that he posted um i'll try to remember it it's uh um suffering is necessary suffering is necessary until you figure out uh suffering is unnecessary suffering is necessary and for you to figure out that suffering is unnecessary suffering is necessary for you to figure out that suffering is unnecessary yeah that's pretty much how it goes and i like it that's a great quote think about it won't you ah so the next segment here on the road We'll be talking about discussing uh, the missing 411, uh, the UFO connection, which is now out. Uh, you can get it on DVD. You can get it online. Um, you can watch it online on uh, Vimeo and stuff like that. Um, but fascinating watch. It's not a very long watch. It's about an hour and some change because if you get the DVD, special uh, special bonus uh, like a interview, I should say, an important interview to watch um, with an ex FBI man. So. Uh, this is, a, if you've been following the, the missing 411, I'll give you a little lowdown on it. 
basically, people will go into national parks and they get taken. Um, well, uh, they can they, they get lost or they they're never seen from again, and there's no tracks. And I highly recommend you check out uh, the Can Am Missing uh, Project uh, online. You can check it out on YouTube. Can Am Missing, and he'll David Politis will tell you all about it. And I got three of three of his books, and uh, so this movie goes deeper into a special case of a guy who is a hunter or he's hunting uh, he's hunting elk and he finds uh, he finds he finds them he finds a like five elk and they're all standing there and he takes a shot at the elk and the uh, bullet from the rifle uh, stops and hits something in front of him like an invisible for, uh, force field uh, straight out of sci-fi and he's got the bullets you know they show the bullets where the bullets are all caved in from hitting that and uh then this guy, this uh, well, this alien, comes out and uh, has he's wearing some uh, like a black uh, suit, all right. And he throws this guy some um, some pills. That's <laughs> just pretty wild. And he says, "Would you like something to eat or something hungry or something like that?" And apparently, they this alien could speak his language, and. Uh, I think you get the sense that the alien's talking to him um, through, you know, mind thoughts. And uh, the guy takes the the pill. And see, right there I'm thinking, well, why would you ever take food? Uh, And the alien gives you. It's like, so I think there's another thing going on, another level, like a a hypnotic suggestion going on. Because... it just doesn't make sense why you would accept food from some kind of bizarre uh, person or alien, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so he, he basically it was like a drug knocked him out. And he woke up on a, on a spaceship. And he could see the elks. Oh, spoiler alert for the movie. <laughs> it's a spoiler alert. So you, if you want to see more of the, you know, hear more of this, check out the movie. Um, but he, so the elks are right there in the middle of the the ship and he's like, Hey, those are my elk. And, uh, and the alien guy says, Oh yeah, we know. Uh, Why don't you have to sit, why don't you sit down over here? And they, he sits down and they're doing some kind of checkup on him exam. Um, it's not one of those where you're, you're lying down apparently, but he's like sitting down behind uh, the guy, uh, the alien. 
And the alien's real, of course, real weird, looking like it's got these weird things coming out of its face. Uh, antenna. It's it's like an old school, stereotypical kind of alien, like with, uh, things coming out of its head, antennas coming out of its head. So it, it's pretty weird. It's pretty wild. <laughs> um, but they they did um, you know a thing where they you know uh, hypnotism on him when he was asleep and uh, said that he was you know the, the hypnotist said he was telling the truth. Uh, and when he tells his story, he is telling it with a, a straight face, really good straight face. Um, there's the bullets that have been uh, mashed in, um, like they hit a really hard, super hard uh, substance out in the, out in the uh, forest. Um, and so ba- basically, on the ship, he. Uh, He could, uh, see, uh, you know, the ship going out into space and he can see Earth, you know, going away and all that, which would be pretty terrifying. Um, but apparently they didn't have what he needed, they, what the alien needed and it, it, it dropped him off, um, I think he went to sleep or whatever. He said, he said we're going to drop you off, you know, again, through his head, talking through his head uh, without using, moving his mouth and all that. And dropped him off and he came rolling down a hill. And David talks about how a lot of these cases that he investigates, people are dropped from a great height. And... Uh, as he said, uh, as he's made plenty of cases about people having German ancestry and being taken. Um, so they're probably, they're trying to get some kind of, um, uh, there was a case to be made from the, the research and all the cases that people are being taken for the reproductive organs pretty much so they can and if if you don't if you can't uh you know if you've had a vasectomy that's not really been the case i'm pretty sure uh in all his cases that he's researched you know so it's a pretty pretty wild um connection there's an interview with uh uh i don't i forgot the guy's name but he's an ex fbi agent and he talks about how his bosses have to answer to um, another group of people that are kind of like a uh, um, he hasn't seen like uh, who's head of an or- this organization but it's like a kind of like clandestine organization that's kind of uh, uh, running things behind the scenes that a lot of the FBI agents have, have, the, have the answer to and he doesn't know who's the guy that's running it or, or whatever but he He's always told not to do certain things, and um, it goes into more detail about it, but it's pretty wild. And you can make a lot of assumptions about and put things together about, you know, uh, certain organizations that people have seen um, and talk about. So it, it's a rabbit hole. It, it goes it goes deep, but 
it's an, a pretty interesting movie. It's a, it's not a long movie, um, but it's fascinating. And uh, I say the truth is here, but people are in such denial about it. Uh, same thing with the with the Tic Tac uh, UFO. It's it's right in front of them. Nothing on Earth can move that way. And uh, you have very credible witnesses. And uh, but people just can't get past that that stigma that hit that we've been hypnotized into. Like, oh, it can't be UFOs and silly. Get out of here, you know. So, highly recommend it. I highly recommend you read any of his books. Um, if you check out, if you buy his books, go to his website, Can Am Missing. Um, I think it's the dot com, and. Uh, don't go to Amazon because there's some, uh, for lack of a better word, jerk-offs uh, charging 150 bucks per book. Um, you get it from his website. It comes out to about 25 bucks, 25 bucks plus shipping. So after shipping, comes comes out to about 30 30 dollars. But which might be a bit much, but it, it's the book. The books are are worth it. He's put a lot of research into them. And uh, they're they're fascinating read because they're just a bunch of stats of, you know, I've read a, read a couple on the podcast. There, it's uh, a bunch of cases from newspapers throughout the years that uh, of people going missing, and the same. He's organized them with all the same kind of traits of like weather gets bad immediately uh, when they start to search, like commonalities, uh, common patterns. Um, no foot, no footprints. German ancestry, usually, they're by big bodies of water. Uh, there's people that have gone missing in cities in Massachusetts, in cities, in the middle of a bar, which is unreal to me. Um, so. What I always, what what uh, Sherlock Holmes would always say: if you take away everything that's possible, um, what's impossible is what's standing. What's what's left is 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 it is you know I'm paraphrasing greatly, <laughs> but <laughs> you take away everything you know that's possible, all the possibilities, and you check them all off. It's not this, not that. What you, what you got left is. That's what it is. That's that's the answer. And David has done a great job checking everything else off of what it could be. It's not animal predation. It's not um, um, serial killers. Because they would all leave tracks and blood, signs of struggle. It's none of this stuff. It's people getting, you know, footsteps stop and they get either sucked up or, or something else happens that's not of this world or supernatural or part of this earth that has not been explained that might, it's, might as well be sci-fi um, so yeah so there you go there's, a, there's my little paranormal segment hope you liked it and I guess this is going to wind down the Christmas episode uh So that was my on-the-road segment. Hope you enjoyed it. 
And, uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. And I hope you have a happy, happy new year. Maybe I'll do a new year's episode. I'm not sure yet, but have a very Merry Christmas with your loved ones. And thank you so much for listening to me over the year. And, um, do these kind of time capsules in a way, time capsule episodes. And, uh, it's just been uh, it's been fascinating, and one of these days I'm gonna listen to go back to listen to some old episodes, and uh, yeah, enjoy them. Some hot chocolate by a fireplace. Merry Christmas! Don't get taken by a personal locator beacon. Maybe I will too. Yes, well, that was another uneventful Christmas show. They get worse every year, you know. Quite amusing, some of these late-night ramblings. He thinks he's getting through to some people, but he's not. He's not getting through to anyone. Not even, uh... Oh, oh, here he is at at the door. Let's go see. Who wants to talk? Hey. Hello. It's hey, Sylvester. Nice to see you. Hey, yo, you know, it's, I heard you talking a little bit about uh, Ambo here, you know. Why don't you give him a break, Michael? It's, uh, he's going through transitional time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you can do about him, but he's trying his best. He's, he's swinging away. Would you hold the bloody? Don't knock over the microphone, please. Well, suppose he is, but what's his comedy? What's the comedy skits? It's too it's too serious this year, man. It's not fun anymore. I don't understand what he's. Is he trying to be some kind of guru? I don't get it. I don't know. You can't be funny all the time. I mean, sometimes you just can't have a good joke. Sometimes laughs don't come. Oh, well, you laugh plenty of times on, on, on movies. Uh, Victory and Kid Carter. Yours was the inferior one, but we had fun anyway. Hey, don't be like that, Michael. I, I you know. Hey, look, Michael, you know, I just want to tell you. Oh, what's that? I just want to tell you. Hey, hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. A Merry Christmas, Sly. You think I'll, I'll ever go back on the Ham Palace? You think I'll ever have us back home? Eh? You think I'll ever have a... A laugh? I don't know about that. Maybe. But I think maybe the man's schedule's a little too... Too filled? Perhaps. Perhaps. 
I'm a bit saddened. Ah well. My career awaits in my golden age. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And to Hambo, I hope you explode in a violent bloody mess where your organs pop out of your mouth. That feels good to say. That's a little crazy.